0: At this time, I am excited to invite my granddaughters, Joelle and Micah Wells. They're from Hillsdale. Summer and Tim are from Hillsdale and the rest of their family. At this time, I want to introduce and I want to, I'm just pleased to have Joelle and Micah play for us this morning. Good job, girls, awesome. Micah was really there, <laughs> and I saw her fingers moving, so it was really her playing the piano. So it was really awesome, really good job. At this time, I am really excited to have Kathy. I asked Leland, Kat, Leland and Kathy are from Texas. They're retired assemblies of God pastors from Texas, and they're smart enough to come up here in the summertime. So we, a good job. And uh, so I asked them to pastor or to to speak today. And so Kathy said she would just to give me a break because this was a busy weekend with everything going on with our family this this week. And so I'm really excited to have Kathy come and share with us God's word today. So give Kathy a real center point welcome this morning.
1: First, before I start, I want to pin a rose, as Pastor always says, on pastor. Um... I don't know about what it was like up north, but I grew up in Oklahoma. And in Oklahoma, when I was in my early teens or in grade school age, in the, you know, the 70s, 60s and 70s, there was a couple of individuals, one specific I remember, who uh, traveled the country or at least traveled the south preaching about end times. I don't know if you've ever seen, if you ever heard one of those individuals, but the one I heard had this huge, I mean, we're talking huge chart that covered the whole span of the front of the church, and it was probably like 10 feet tall, and this was this huge chart about end times. And and each night of the revival, he would speak about a different night of the end times. And, Pastor, it has not been since I was a child that I have heard, messages as in depth as you have been teaching us on end times and honestly i am thinking some of the, you're teaching things i don't know that i've ever heard and so i just wanted to pin a rose on you and thank you for the time that you are putting in to the messages that you're bringing to us on the end times i it's greatly appreciated So today, obviously, I'm going to be talking about how we wait when life hurts. You know, waiting is not easy. Most of us are not patient people. We hate to wait. You know, we know that God answers our prayers in one of three ways. Yes, no, or not yet, which is code for wait. You know, those yes prayers are really great. I remember once when I was a single mother, there was absolutely no food, no food in my house. And payday, I think, was a couple of days away. And I had checked my refrigerator. I had checked the freezer. I had checked the cabinets. I had checked everywhere, thinking maybe there was still something there that I had forgotten. I had obviously not calculated well when I had bought groceries when I got paid. And so I prayed. I remember praying because I wanted to be able to I mean I think I could have I would have been fine going without food, but I wasn't fine for my daughter to go without food. Then after praying the Lord prompted me to open the empty freezer one more time. You can imagine my amazement and thankfulness when now inside that empty freezer was a package of meat that had not been there when I had checked before. So, you know, those yes answers, they are really great. The no answers, not so great. But it's the time when there's no answers, when God expects, expects us to wait for his timing. Sometimes those are a little hard because Life is often hard and when life hurts, it's even harder Derek, for that weight. When the Bible speaks of waiting, it's an entirely different thing than that kind of thing that we do when we take our number at the motor vehicle department. Biblical waiting is not, not a passive activity, but is instead demonstrated by active dependence upon and obedience To God. On Thursday, I don't know if any, how many of you saw it, but Pastor Mike did a really short video about today's message. In that video, he reminded each of us that we will face struggles in life, that we are to wait on the Lord and be patient. As a believer, we have no reason to fear. We have a hope of what our future holds. The process of waiting is often difficult and trying, but God is in the waiting. As we wait patiently for God to have our future, there are many things that we will not understand. But we are to be patient and wait for his timing. Waiting is recognizing that God is in control and we can have peace in the waiting. We are to be faithful in the waiting. Everything God allows into our lives makes us better if we allow him to work in us. We can have peace and assurance in those times of waiting, through the it's and it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells in us and gives us hope and peace. That we can trust that He is in control of every life situation. So, what does it mean to wait on the Lord? Well, to to wait on the Lord means to wait patiently, in faith for God to fulfill His promises. Instead of taking things into our own hands, we trust in the goodness of the Lord. Remember, biblical waiting is not a passive activity, but is demonstrated by active dependence upon and obedience to God. In the Bible, we see many stories and verses about waiting. Today, we're going to look at three people's lives and how they handled the wait. So the first person is Mary. I met Mary about 35 years ago. The thing I remember most about Mary is her persistence. Every time the church doors were open, Mary was there. Every time the pastor asked for prayer requests, Mary asked the same thing. Remember my husband, A.J., for his salvation. Mary's prayers were so persistent that even in those times when she wasn't in church, someone else would ask prayer for A.J., because we all knew Mary's heart. After each service, Mary would be in the altar crying before the Lord asking for AJ's salvation. I remember there'd be many times when everyone but the pastor had left, but Mary was still in the altar. The truth is AJ was not a nice man at that time and the, Mary's home life was probably not the best, but still she prayed for 18 years. Mary prayed and prayed and prayed. The next person I want to tell you about is me. When I was 25, I married a man named Paul just three and a half months after meeting him. I knew he wasn't serving the Lord quite like he should, but I was lonely and was convinced that a love of a good woman was all it would take to bring him to God. So I married Paul, and I started praying for him. One week after I married him, around the time that he, he pawned his wedding ring and cleaned out my checking account, I knew then I had really made a terrible mistake. So I started praying harder for his salvation. A year later, that's me, I gave birth to our first daughter, Bethany. Bethany weighed four pounds, eight ounces at birth and was soon diagnosed with many health issues, which included severe brain damage, hydrocephalus, and failure to thrive. Two weeks after Bethany was born, the abuse started. At first, it was a punch here and a punch there. Then some cracked ribs, black eyes, and I prayed more. A year later, I had another daughter, Laura. Laura. But nothing changed. In fact, things got worse. So I prayed more. I prayed for him to be a godly and faithful husband. But he never was. Then after three years, he left, and I became a single mother. I struggled to make ends meet, to care for my disabled daughter, to be the best mother I could be. So I prayed more. I prayed for my circumstances to change and for for God to send me a godly and faithful husband. For 14 years, I prayed and prayed and prayed. Next, let's, let's look at David. When David was a boy about 11 or 12 years old, Samuel anointed him as king of Israel. While David was God's chosen person to be the next king, it was Saul Who reigned on the throne? David experienced many highs and lows while he waited for God to fulfill his promise. David killed lions, bears, and the notorious Goliath. But he was also pursued by Saul and was forced to hide out in wilderness, wilderness caves, somewhat like those. If you were to look at that picture really close, you could see actually in the side of those mountains are caves. His life was hard during this time of waiting, but David prayed and sought God to change his circumstances. For 17 years, he prayed and prayed and prayed. You know, as I've already said, waiting can be really hard. David said in Psalm 6, verses 6 through 9, I am worn out from sobbing. All night I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with my tears. My vision is blurred by grief. My eyes are worn out because of my enemies. Go away, all of you who do harm, do evil. For the Lord has has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my prayer. The Lord will answer my prayer. Psalms 31.10, he says, I am dying with grief. My years are shortened by sadness. Sin has drained my strength. I am wasting from within. And in Psalms 143, verses 4 and 6 and 7 says, I am losing all hope. How many of us have felt that way? I know I have. I am paralyzed with fear. I lift my hands to you. I thirst for you as parched land thirsts for rain. Come quickly, Lord, and answer me, for my depression deepens. Don't turn away from me or I will die. David was just like you and me. He felt like he had lost all hope. He had cried to the Lord until he had no strength left. Psalms fifty-six, eight. in fact, it says, David says, You keep track of all of my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in a bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. I don't know about you, but in that time, especially those 14 years that I prayed, honestly, I think God probably had to to have a jug to collect all my prayers, that a bottle probably wasn't even big enough. That's what it's like with us. When we are praying and seeking, seeking God, we are praying and crying out to him over and over and over again. But... As we have already seen from some of these scriptures, while David cried out to the Lord multiple times, he also prayed and prayed and remained faithful to God. But what does God expect for us as we wait? How do we wait? Well, the first thing we do is we wait with faith. Hebrews eleven six says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Psalms 144 verses 9 through 15 says, I will sing a new song to you, O God. I will sing your praises with a ten-stringed harp. For you grant to victory to kings. You rescued your servant David with, from the fatal sword. Save me. Rescue me from the power of my enemies. Their mouths are full of lies. They swear to tell the truth, but they lie instead. May your sons flourish in their youth like well-watered plants. May our daughters be like graceful pillars carved to to beautify a palace. May our barns be filled with crops of every kind. May the flocks in our fields multiply by thousands over ten thousands, and may our oxen be loaded down with produce. May there be no enemy breaking through our walls, no going into captivity, no cries of alarm in our town squares. Yes, joyful are those who live like this. Joyful indeed are those whose God is the Lord. Now, at the time that David wrote this, nothing had changed. Nothing. He was merely speaking by faith. He was still being pursued. He was still crying out to the Lord for help. Yet, he reminds us to sing a new song, to sing joyful praises, and to be joyful and to have faith. Joyful not because our circumstances have changed, but joyful because God is God. And he alone has the power to change our circumstances to heal our body, to save the lost. Remember, around this same time, this same David, who wrote about being joyful, also wrote in Psalm 69, verses 2 through 3, Deeper and deeper I sink into the mire. I can't find a foothold. I am in deep water, and the floods overwhelm me. I am exhausted from crying for help. My throat is parched. My eyes are swollen from weeping, waiting for my God to help me. While David cried out to God persistently, he also cried out to God in faith. The next thing we are to do while we're waiting is to wait with hope. Micah 7, verses 7 says, But as for me, I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for God my Savior my God will hear me. When we wait with hope, we are confident that God is good and that he will come through for us. Even when things are tough, we have the sure hope that God is going to work out everything for our good. The next thing we are to do is to, we are to wait with prayer. Psalms 109 verses 21 through 27 states, But deal well with me, O sovereign Lord For the sake of your reputation, rescue me because you are so faithful and good, for I am poor and needy, and my heart is full of pain. I am fading like a shadow at dusk. I am brushed off like locusts. My knees are weak from fasting, and I am am skin and bones. I am a joke to everyone, to people everywhere. When they see me, they shake their heads in scorn. Help me, O Lord, my God. Save me because of your unfailing love. Let them see that this is your doing and that you yourself have done it, Lord. And in James 5, 16b, it says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. As we pray, we are telling God that we believe that he will hear our prayers and answer it in his timing. During these times, our prayer life is strengthened and we learn to trust in him. Often, as James said, our prayer is fervent, persistent. That's when we are praying and praying and praying. The next thing we are to do when we're waiting is to praise. This is not an easy one, but this is still something we are to do. In First Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And in Psalm 69, verses 30 through 34, David says, Then I will praise God's name with singing. I will honor him with thanksgiving. For this will please the Lord more than sacrificing cattle, more than presenting a bull with its horn and hooves. The humble will see their God at work and be glad. Let all who seek God's help be encouraged. For the Lord hears the cries of the needy. He does not despise his imprisoned people. Praise him, O heaven and earth, the seas and all that move in them. We are to praise even when our circumstances don't warrant praise. We praise because it's God's will. The next thing is we are to wait with persistence. Isaiah 40 verse 3 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Webster's defines persistence as continuing firmly or obstinately in a course of action in spite of difficulty, opposition, or lack of response. To be tenacious, to persevere. Isn't that what we want to do in those times when we are waiting? To be tenacious? The Bible is filled with people who waited on the Lord with a tenacious sense of purpose, with persistence, believing that God would meet their need. Moses waited for 40 years before he was even able to get the chance to lead the people out of Egypt. Abraham and Sarah waited for 25 years for their promised son. Rebecca waited for 20 years for the birth of Jacob and Esau. Hannah sought the Lord year after year for her son, and Paul sought the Lord for many, many years during his pr- imprisonment. They all learned persistence. The next thing we are to do is to wait with patience. Romans 5, 3 through 4 says, We also have joy in our troubles because we know that these troubles produce patience, and patience produces character. And character produces hope. While being patient during the hard times isn't a part of our human nature, it is a part of God's nature. When we're patient, it shows that we trust God's character. We know that he is good and that he always keeps his promises. As we trust God's character, then patience and character builds within us. And the last thing we are to do is we are to wait with knowledge. This one's probably my favorite one. Psalms one nineteen one o five says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Truthfully, we will never be able to wait on the Lord if we don't know and understand him. How can we trust someone we don't know? Knowing only comes through prayer and studying of his word, which if if you haven't thought about it, that's his written voice. As we look to his word for guidance, and as we pray and seek him for that guidance and for comfort, we can learn to rely on his wisdom. We learn to trust him, and our faith grows stronger. We learn to understand the God of the weight. In 1692, Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection said in his book, The Practice of the Presence of God, Let us occupy ourselves entirely in knowing God. The more we know him, the more we will desire to know him. As love increases with knowledge, the more we know God, the more we will truly love him. We will learn to love him equally in times of distress or in times of great joy. We learn him, we know him, and we can have faith in him to fulfill his promises to us. Then finally, after a time, maybe it's a short time, maybe it's a long time, or maybe it's a wait that felt like it was unending, God answers prayer. So let's go to back to the beginning for those first original three people. Let's start with Mary. For 18 years, Mary prayed for AJ. Then, according to A.J., for no special reason, he woke up one Sunday morning and said to Mary, I'm going to church with you today. That morning, he gave his heart to the Lord, and A.J. became a faithful Christian. He started working with boys' ministries and children's ministries. That's A.J. over there on the left. Um, A.J. stands about 6'7", I think. So if you can imagine a man of 6'7". Working in children's ministries, but he did, and he was actually really, really good. The children loved AJ. Now, 20 years later, AJ is a leader of the church serving as the board, one of their board of deacons, which is who you see past pictured there. As for me, after praying for 14 years, God sent a godly husband to me, a husband that was exactly what I had prayed for. Even to my slightly odd request that my future husband not have a lot of hair and be balding. And not only has Leland been a godly and faithful husband to me, but he legally adopted my daughter Laura and gave her a godly father. And David? Well, after 17 years, after being anointed by Samuel, David finally became king. In 2 Samuel, verses 5, 3 through 4, it says, So there at Hebron, King David made a covenant before the Lord with all of the elders of Israel, and they anointed him king of Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for 40 years in all. David led the Israelite nation to a time of great prosperity, and from his lineage came to the promised Messiah, Jesus Christ. Each of these individuals had their circumstances change after persistent, joyful praying and waiting on the Lord's timing. But just remember, waiting on the Lord to answer our prayers and our prayers in the trials of life will continue. Mary and AJ have spent the last 20 years praying for their son, Alan's salvation. David's own son, Absalom, tried to overthrow him as king. And as for me, when she was 13 years old, my daughter, Bethany, moved from heaven to earth. And on November 20th, 1997, she took her very, very first steps. That's what our Christian life is about. The yes answers, the no answers, and waiting for answers. No matter what stage you're in, God calls us To have faith, to have hope, to pray, to praise, to be persistent, to have patience, and to know him. I can't begin to understand why often our wait is really long, or why sometimes the answer is no. While I understand that Paul has a free will... I do still have trouble understanding that why after 40 years he still has not accepted the Lord as his Savior. And I don't understand why Bethany was never healed earthside and why her healing did not occur until she was in heaven. In fact, actually, not long after Bethany passed away, God gave my daughter Laura a dream. And in Laura's dream, the angels had stopped letting Bethany wear dresses. In life, she wore dresses all the time. In heaven, according to my daughter, she wasn't allowed to wear dresses anymore because she was tearing them because she was running and climbing trees all the time. But this thing I do know, God is God. He is faithful to fulfill his promises. While the wait is often hard, often much longer than we would like, it's during those times of waiting that we can grow closer to him and grow in strength. Thank you.
0: One other thing too. Uh, remember our friend Joshua, our our Indian missionary. Today's his birthday. He's 25 years today, and he sent me a message this morning and asked us if the church would pray for him. So I want to pray for Joshua this morning. You know, I don't always bring up everything that, but he's constantly giving me updates. And uh, boy, he what a faithful young man he is. He is really he and his family are are indigenous pastors in India, and they're. Um, really spreading the gospel and we've invested a lot into their ministry and here's something that i would like to do and i've run this by our board and they're okay with this as well we would like to i know we have like 15 or 16 other assemblies of god missionaries we support on a regular basis but i want to especially support joshua and that if we could uh, support him on a monthly basis i would like to give him whatever money we can a couple hundred bucks a month if we can but i want the church. To commit that they will send that they will bring in whatever money you feel the lord wants to lay in your heart on a monthly basis that we can give to joshua over and above our budget over above our missions budget that we would be able to bless joshua because what he's doing lasts forever (laughs) i mean it's an eternal thing what we're doing here sometimes isn't so eternal I'm not saying we shouldn't enjoy life. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying let's keep our priorities in order. So if you're willing to commit to giving on a monthly basis, I don't care how much it is, we'll take whatever you give and we'll give it to Joshua on a monthly basis. And we'll bless him. And you know what? The Lord will credit that to your account because he's got a great record-keeping system. And what you give here, what blesses people over there, it's not that we're giving it for that reason, but I just want you to know the Lord never misses a beat. He sees it all. Your missionary friends who went to Brazil, we'll pray for them as well, that God will do a great work there and what they've accomplished. Pray with me one more time. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your blessings, God, and the things that we have here, help us to never, ever take it for granted. Thank you for your blessing us the way you have. Thank you for letting us have the privilege of being born where we're born, we have no choice in this matter, Father. But, I, but we do have a, a great responsibility in how we steward it, what we have. Help us to be faithful. Help us to give, God, freely of a free of a joyful heart to those that don't have, that we would spread the gospel throughout this world. I pray for Joshua now on his 25th birthday. I pray, God, you bless him. I pray, Father, that you bless him with a godly woman. I know he's praying for that. I pray him that a helpmate would come around him that would be faithful to him and be faithful to the ministry you've called him into and for his family and for his sister who is struggling as well with bearing a child. And, And Father, all these life issues that he struggles with as well, we pray your blessing upon them. And God, we pray for his financial wealth as well. God, that you will bless us to be able to bless him in return pray for this missionary group that coming back from brazil god i pray that the work that they did there was was bountiful god that eternal rewards will be will be um, reaped in brazil father for those people as well father we just thank you again for this day today be with us in our waiting we praise your name in jesus name amen amen be blessed today have a great day